You're listening to the Creating Healthy Families podcast, a podcast designed to prompt purposeful relationships in your family. Now, here's your host, Link Taylor. Well, welcome once again to our podcast as we're looking at uh, how to best create healthy families, doing life as family with intentionality, with purpose, uh, looking primarily through the lens of maybe a parent, uh, maybe through the lens of how we best uh, have healthy marriages. And uh, so we've been having a good time over the last uh, few months, maybe 10 podcasts, looking at best practices, maybe prompts of of how to best do family and uh, hearing stories and uh, of of some of our members and, and folks willing to come in and talk about their lives. And so today we have a special guest, uh, kind of a, a family guest today. It's the Johnson family. It's my brand new son-in-law, Mac, which uh, I know many of you all heard <laughs> uh, just a few weeks ago, Mac and I kind of talking about, I think we titled it uh, Father-in-Law versus Son-in-Law. <laughs> I don't think we got in many fights in here, but uh, but Mac Johnson and his mother, Mary Johnson, and then also Murphy Johnson. So guys, welcome. Glad you guys are here today. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and so today, uh, I just asked him to come in and... Um, this, we may have two or three podcasts to kind of uh, get it, get everything in, um, but I wanted them to come in and kind of tell tell their story of um, really kind of beginning about twenty three to twenty four years ago. That really kind of uh, set a certain trajectory uh, for their lives, and uh, and really the way that they have responded and uh, allowed the Lord to redeem. Uh, this story. And, uh, and it's a bigger story of how God not only can redeem the Johnson family and how they view life and how they view, uh, the Lord and how they view others. Uh, but also I pray that for our listeners, it's a good encouragement to you guys. Um, and, uh, it's not going to be an exact story where maybe some of you all might be, but I think it could be similar. Uh, or maybe it's a friend, um, some family friends or friends at your work or church, wherever it might be of how you can speak, uh, life and truth into some situations where you find some of your friends might be. So, um, Mary, why don't you start us off, kind of tell us about who you are right now and what you're doing and currently, and then we'll go to your two sons. Okay. I am the uh, senior consultant for student ministry and evangelism at the North Carolina Baptist Convention. Been doing that for 19 years, but I've been in youth ministry for 36 total yeah, that's awesome. So you've been a part of people's lives for a long, long time. time. And uh, I was in student ministry work for a long time, too. And it's amazing what you can learn. That's right. Uh, doing life with others. And uh, so, Murphy, tell us what you're doing right now. Uh, yeah, I am. <clears throat> I work in the uh, live sound industry. So I tour around with bands and um, kind of get to see the world and I see a lot of concerts, and it's really loud all the time. So <laughs> that's kind of my life right now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty, yeah, it's fun. pretty cool hearing about what all you're seeing and yeah. and um, the adventure you've been on. It's, and then, Mac, kind of update us again where you are. So I'm Mac, and I'm Dr. Leek Taylor's assistant and having to do everything that he wants. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> I'm here in the student ministry at Brentwood Baptist. I do the groups and the leadership coordinating all the Sunday and Wednesday night opportunities uh, for students in discipleship areas. And uh, I've been here for about three years and uh, yeah, just having a good time. 
That's awesome. So just a reminder, Mac married my oldest daughter uh, about three, three and a half months ago, back in early September. And what a great day of celebration and, and uh, gnashing of teeth. And oh, wait, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> uh, it was a great, great day of celebration. And, um, and so it's been a joy um, to bring Mac into our family. And I know what the Johnsons bring in Grace. Now Grace mm. Johnson. Woo! Still getting used to that. Just continue to give me time, Mac. Um, so anyway, so, uh, I've invited, yeah, Mary Murphy and Mac to come in and, and, and and just to kind of unpack their story. So kind of this episode, this, this podcast, um, is going to be them just kind of sharing what all, uh, has happened in their lives, especially going back about 23 years ago or so that they kind of set this trajectory for their family. And, um, and then maybe the next episode, uh, we'll begin to look at, uh, how they have responded maybe since then. They may do some of that now as they tell their story, but, uh, but Mary, I'm just going to hand it over to you and you begin to unpack this and guys, y'all step in, uh, whenever you want to. Okay. Well, I think I have to start with the fact that between six and seven years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So that foundation of looking to the Lord started young, uh, then through growing up and uh, college and then seminary, going to Fort Worth, Texas, uh, began to say, okay, God, just keep leading and guiding. I was probably 26 when I started praying, okay, God, you know I want to be married, uh, so please send somebody my way. And then I had to remind him how old I was at 29 and uh, literally to say, okay, maybe by the time I get to be 30. At that time, I already had a, a great friend and uh, knew that he could be the one but wasn't really sure. Uh, when I was introduced to him, I literally said out loud when he turned around, God, this one will do. <laughs> and uh, did not know I said it out loud. Yeah, awesome. So it was just one of those funny things like, oh, my goodness. Um, but that began a journey of just knowing, okay, God, you are directing my life. And we got married one month from my turning 30. So for all you single ladies out there, don't give up. You know, <laughs> I think that's the big piece that I learned at that age that God has the best for you design. Uh, but you never know what's going to be around the next corner. And for us, um, Within a couple of years, we had these boys. Mac uh, is the oldest, and Murphy, obviously, four years later, he came along, and we just had a great family. Uh, their dad was the co-minister of youth. Uh, we both served at the same church, and so he did the youth music and high school, and I did middle school and parenting uh, ministry. And so it's just funny to think how God put us together on a church staff that we could thrive and, and grow in, uh, but Seven years into our marriage, eight years, literally, he became a different man overnight. And I remember being shocked, like, what's happening? What is he going through? Uh, but on Tuesday night of this particular week, uh, some anger just boiled up in him, and he knocked me down the steps at our house. And I remember turning and looking and going, you look like my husband, but you surely don't act like my husband. And within those couple of days, it just got worse and in a state of panic, probably for me, not knowing how to deal with it. My first thought was, I just need to get away and go talk to my mom and dad. My dad being a pastor and my mom being a minister of music and youth for years. She was also the school librarian. And so it's like, I need to go get some wisdom. And um, 
my, I spoke to my pastor on that Friday morning and just said, I'm going to go away just for 24 hours. Would you keep an eye on my husband and the boys? I'm not taking them. I need to figure out what's going on. And he said, well, I wanted to ask you what's happening with Michael. And it became this issue of, okay, everybody was noticing. So it wasn't just me. And I went and prayed and talked and called family just to try to figure out, was there any link that I didn't know about? Because by the time I came back, everything was totally different. Uh, I got to the front door of our house, and we have those side windows on by the door. Hmm. And I peeped in, and Mac was running down the steps to come to me. And still in his pajamas on a warm East Tennessee Saturday afternoon, surprised me. I figured he'd be out playing in the yard. And he just said, oh, Mama, 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 you're back. And I went, well, yeah, I hadn't been gone but a day. And he said, no. I said, well, where's where's your brother? And he said, well, he's he's still in his bed. I've been trying to help him. And I went, what? I said, where's your dad? And he goes, well, he's here, but he's not he's not like dad. And so my fear was, okay, what has happened in 24 hours that got to this point? And um, so I said, well, Matt, let's go get Murphy. And he goes, Mom, I've been feeding him Cheerios through those <laughs> through the baby mm-hmm. bed, but I can't get him out. I'm not strong enough. And got there and realized that uh, things had must been rough because of just the state that he was in. Got him all cleaned up and said, we're going outside to play. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm praying, God, please allow me to know how to move what's next. Like, what is? what are we going to find out? Where is he? And their dad just walked through the house and went straight in the bathroom and locked the door, and that was it. And I said, we're going outside, and grabbed the bat and ball right by the front door, the woofle bat. And I remember laughing, thinking, yeah, we're going to smack this thing. <laughs> and um, But sat Murphy down, and Murphy was one at the time, and Murph's favorite thing was to eat dirt. And so he just— so mulch, actually. <laughs> yeah, mulch, that's right. <laughs> And uh, so he was content, and I was pitching the ball to Mac. And with every pitch of that ball, I just prayed, okay, God, I, I have no idea how to move forward. I just, I need somebody to help me. I, I don't know what to do. Don't know what's been happening. Don't know what state of mind that their dad is in. And right then, my pastor and his wife drove up, and they said, we just came. And I said, oh, God, you heard me. And I remember going to my knees, and I do this thing where I say, go, God, and I pump my hands in the air three times. Go, God, go, God, go, God. And the pastor said we were at supper at a restaurant with several couple friends, and we were about to say the blessing. And in our prayer time, my wife, Jeannie, just reached over and said, we got to go. We got to go find Mary. And he said, let's go. And so they pulled up, and... Uh, I said that boys haven't really eaten anything. He said, well, let's go to McDonald's so we can talk. So they played. They, back then, they had the ball pit at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Boys were playing, having a blast, eating, and we were trying to put a plan together. Got back to the house. The front door was ajar, and I could tell something had happened in the house. Everything looked to be just like a tornado had gone in. And down the driveway or down the sidewalk were clothes and different things. And his car, their dad's car, was gone. And uh, the preacher said, sit right here. I'm going to go see what happened. And I had my bag for my trip still in my car. And he said, well, just get that. And uh, we're going to go inside and get some things you don't need to go in. I have no idea what he found uh, because the church staff then came two days later and cleaned up my house. Uh but in that time of panic, okay, God, I don't understand this. What is happening? Where did he go? 
long story short, we had to eventually hire a, a private investigator to find him. Found him a couple of states over, and he did not remember us. He didn't remember being married or a dad. Somewhere along the line, he had had some type of mental breakdown, uh, and just that was it. And I remember through that story just going, okay, God, I now have to tell uh, my boys, Murph being one, I knew he wasn't going to grasp it. So Mac had been sleeping with me since their dad had left. He would have these nightmares. In the middle of the night, he would just wake up and just start screaming, Mama, Mama, Mama. And I'd go run in there and i go, what is it? And he goes, oh, you're still here. I think his biggest fear was I would I would disappear just like his dad had. And um, so I said, well, it's better if you just come sleep with me because I'm going to have a heart attack every time you call my name. And he would get in the bed each night, and he would stick out his hand. He'd say, Mama, hold my hand. And I'd hold him, hold his hand. We would pray, have our devotions, and go to bed. Most nights his hand would fall out from mine. Uh, but this night that I knew I had to tell him the news, uh, he wouldn't scoot over. And I have a king-size bed. And I'm like, get on over. <laughs> and he said, uh, no. And I said, well, I need to go brush my teeth. But when I come back, you got to be scooted over. <laughs> and I brushed my teeth and came back, <laughs> and he still left me about a foot. And uh, he said, Mom would get in. And uh, so I got in the bed, and he goes, give me your hand. And I gave him my hand, and he said, uh, uh, I'm just so glad that I've got your hand to hold on to. And I said, well, son, I need to tell you something. Uh, your dad uh, probably won't ever come back and live with us. Just found some things out today that I want you to know about. But I said, the best part is we're not by ourselves. I said, it's going to be me and you and Murphy. But the bigger part is that we've got a God that loves us. Mm -hmm. And he's omni omnipresent. He's everywhere. But he's going to be here with us. And that's the part we need to remember. Mm -hmm. So anytime that you're feeling alone, you will you'll we'll call out his name and he'll be there and give you comfort. I said, you remember that verse we're learning in the youth group? So in our youth group, we would take a verse a year. We would put it on the wall of the youth group room and everybody would memorize a verse. But then we would see how God used that verse in our lives. And we would go up and write that down all year long. We would keep a journal on the wall of how God spoke through those verses. And he said, you mean that Joshua 1, 9? Now, remember, he's five. He's five years old. And uh, I said, yeah, Joshua 1, 9. You remember what he said? He goes, oh. And he stood up in the middle of that king-size bed and he says, be strong and courageous. Uh, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. <laughs> and that sing-songy way that children do, he knew that verse. I said, that's right. And, you know, we're praying for that with that verse. He goes, oh, yeah, to go take Jesus to people across the ocean. I said, right, for our first international mission trip. And I said, but, you know, sometimes, Mac, in life we take different journeys. And this is going to be a different journey for us. Uh, it will be the three of us. But again, God's going to be in charge of everything. And um, so I said, give me back your hand. And uh, he gave me his hand. And I and he said, well, I'm going to be okay because with Jesus and my mom. And I said, well, uh, that's what we're going to pray about. So after we had prayer, he reached out his hand after he took mine, reached across the bed. And he just said, yeah, with Jesus. 
and he squeezed the air, I thought, and then he squeezed mine, and my mama, I'm going to be fine. Well, we slept, and the next morning, I couldn't believe it. We slept all night, me on my right side, but his little hand didn't leave mine that night. It stayed right there with me, and uh, I looked across the bed, and he still had his right hand spread out, and uh, he opened his eye closest to me first, squeezed my hand, and said, yep, she's here, (laughs) and then he opened his other eye and looked across, he goes, Oh, Mama, he stayed, Mama, he stayed. And that began for us the journey we knew we'd be on. But that was powerful that he believed so much Mm. God stayed. And that was the turning point for even me to know. We don't just give lip service about our relationship with the Lord, but it is literally being dependent on him. Uh, and so that, be- very yeah, yeah, that began that journey of so us. So Murphy living. is, does he sleep all night as a one-year-old in the crib next door? He did that <laughs> night. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Very good at sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> still, still am. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That is, uh, yeah, that is a powerful, uh, uh really a, a quick presence of the Lord in your life, mm-hmm. uh, after such a, um, you know, a t- uh, decision from your husband at that time yeah. to place you also. Well, let's stop right there. Mac, you want you pick up on, on what your best memory is during that time. Then Mary, just a little bit, we'll, we'll kind of let you continue on okay. um, from that. But Mac, kind of go back to that time, what you were, what was going on in your mind. So yeah, as, as, a, as a five-year-old, my dad was my hero. And so uh, I had learned so much from him in my short memory, t- short amount of time living. And there's some few memories that I had that stick out uh about him when i was a young boy and mainly it was his piano skills and uh and the way that he would play piano for us as we were going to bed and uh and so i always knew this idea of my father being uh the guy that would play the music kind of like an orchestra like a, a person who conducts an orchestra and so when the conductor leaves the band or leaves that arena, everything changes, right? There's disarray. There's confusion. What roles do each play? And so I felt that as a five-year-old uh, of saying, okay, where are we going as a family? And uh, and so for me to be able to see the way that my mom responded and mom, I remember the first initial time we, we knew dad had left, we went to the basement and you grabbed my hand and we kneeled at the couch. Mm-hmm. And we prayed and we cried and you allowed for me, you gave me an openness, even as a five-year-old to have some emotional vulnerability to be able to say, Mac, it's okay. Not everything in this life is right. Mm. You can cry out and say that, you know what, this is, um, this is what you're feeling. You can be honest with your feelings. And so as that progression goes, Murph and I, I mean, even at one, we strolled Murphy in to the youth group on Wednesday nights and Sundays. And so, but I remember those times. I still have a very faint memory of a candlelight service in that old space in the chapel yeah. uh, of us memorizing scripture together around Christmas time. And so, uh, for us, for my little eyes to see uh, you leading out in the most difficult of circumstances after that and reading through the book of, you know, Joshua and, and memorizing scripture, realizing this is a light to our path and all that. Um, I saw, you know, what it truly meant to lean in, right? Uh, and to, to to know that God is our stronghold. Mm-hmm. He's our strong tower. 
Um, and so for me to then see that and for you to be honest with me in, in that night when I held your hand, uh, you were honest enough to tell me you weren't trying to sugarcoat anything. You didn't want me to think, you know, that this scenario was, you know, better than it really was. Right. And, uh, and so or, or worse than it really was. And uh, and so for me to see you bring that full circle, but you gave me responsibility for my faith. And that and I was a true marker link. I tell people all the time, a, a few months later, I did come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I truly believe it was because I saw God as my true father who was never going to leave me or forsake me. And as the perfect father, he gave his own son for me. And the gospel could not be more real than that, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to see that in the most dire of circumstances. And so that led for me, that was a, a trajectory changer uh, for my life. But yeah, it still hurt. I still had questions. But I knew from seeing mom's reaction from the initial outset uh, of this happening, um, and I saw the way that she continued to pray with us and Mom, like the way that you sang over us in those nights. I mean, what were some of the songs that I forget that you sang? Like, what were some of the scripture passages you sang? Well, the over? biggest one was the song, In My Life, Lord, Be Glorified. And with each of you, I would say, In Max's Life, Lord, Be Glorified. In Murphy's Life, Be Glorified. That this was not going to be what tripped us up. But those early days, months, even years were tough. And that honesty that you talk about was to be able to tell them, Okay, this is hard. And as a uh, a wife that had no idea, is this ever really going to be over? Then the realization, okay, this is not something that's going to be able to be fixed like I thought it would be. I had hoped that the marriage would stay together, that there would be help coming, and there wasn't. And I remember the anger that came into my life of why Everybody goes through that when some crisis comes through, and you can choose to stay in that anger or not. And I remember reading Hebrews uh, twelve fifteen, I think it is, where it says, don't let a bitter root take hold to cause damage. And I remember thinking, oh, my stars, if I stay in this place, then the bitter root will take over. And through music, every night, I did. We had devotions, prayer time, but then I would sing over both these boys, every song I could think of, um, just to say, God, please come and soothe their hurt right now, whatever pain they're going through. Uh, but then I would go, tuck them in, and I'd go out to the piano, and I'd sing, and I'd cry. And I would just shout out to the Lord, I, I can't do this. And I remember the night that I sat, and I can't tell you, time frame how many weeks months i can't tell you but i remember just saying god please would you just reveal your presence to me in such a powerful way right now that i can know this is tough he took all our money i didn't have money to buy food i I, when i kept finding things it, it was just amazing the damage that had been happening but i didn't know about whatever was going through him And so what we were left with was nothing. And so as I sat on that piano bench, I can remember just saying, I'm not moving until I just, I feel you. I just, I just need to know. And y'all, it was the coolest thing. I've never felt it again, as powerful as that. But there was an electric current from the top of my head that just went straight through my body, out my feet. And I went, oh God. And I've never praised him before like I did that night, knowing 
you are affirming in me that we're doing the right thing and that it will be my presence with you that gets me through. And so I began every day with prayer and quiet time and ended every night with prayer and quiet time. And I remember uh, when Murphy was about three or four, one of my favorite uh, stories was I had not spent the time I needed that morning. We were rushed. I think we overslept and I'm uh, on the steps trying to tie his shoe. And I just couldn't get that rabbit to go around like it needed to and get that bow tied. And he, in his little hands, his three or four-year-old hands, he touched my face, squeezed my cheeks and said, Mama, did you not spend enough time with Jesus this morning? And I went, oh, my. He knows. I went, you know what, son, I did. And he said, you might need to. And we laughed. But that literally was my checkpoint to know people will know. If I'm walking in my own strength or if I'm walking mm. in the Lord's and that affirmed and my boys will know. See, your family knows you can't fake it at home. And so it began this whole journey. My biggest fear as knowing as a youth minister that boys that are raised in single family homes back then, the statistics was high that most would end up in jail. And I just thought, OK, I will parent out of fear if I have to. But I've got to look for every intentionality that I will bring God into our circumstances and what we're doing. One of my favorite things that you did, my favorite passage of Scripture is, I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And for me, what you were doing for me was, yeah, you were singing Scripture over me. Mm -hmm. You were were wafting Scripture uh, over Murph and I. Um, Mm -hmm. But what you also were showing me at such a young age was the disciplines uh, of how to know when everything's stripped away from you that's when our true dependence like right. we, we we will know what we truly love right we'll right. find what we truly love and mm-hmm. so you were teaching me an act of worship how to worship yeah. well and as i grew up in discipleship and and following jesus more that's what our call is right to yeah. be worshipers god wanted us to create and fill the earth with worshipers and with you reading that scripture over me when everything it seemed was off or not right you were teaching me to look to the hills, mm. look up, my gaze That's to big. be upon who God the Father is. And uh, and so and the Father, right? And yeah. so um, it's amazing how God uses that, right? That the scripture, I mean, yeah, it's it's easy to, for us to memorize. It's easy for us to picture, uh, whether we love nature, creation, and all of that. But how specific that pers- specific scripture was, mm-hmm. uh, it taught me and it was so relevant in such a very unique situation. And so, yeah, I think for us, for my brother and I, we just, we saw it, we saw it lived out. Yeah. And, uh, and that was really cool. Well, Murphy, you at the time were a little over one year old. Mm-hmm. And, oh boy. And so maybe not have a lot of memory of that. Probably all that mulch I was eating. <laughs> Can't remember too yeah, well. Exactly. Uh, but tell us kind of some of your first memories, yeah. what it, what the impact on you, those early days, what, mm. you know, uh, of everything that your decision, your father made. Absolutely. Uh, on you. I think for me, yeah, like you're saying, I was, I was very young. So kind of my entire life, this is all I knew was just me, my mom, and my brother. Um, I didn't have those memories of my dad being in the house. I do have memories of my dad, like us seeing him when we were younger and, Spending a little bit of time with them. Um, but I think for me, he was always, you know, a person I knew that he was my dad. Mom did a good job of, of, of letting us know that we did have a father. Um, but I think I noticed 
probably when I went to school was probably one of the first times I, I started finally realizing that my family was a little bit different, a little more unique than others in that every most other families had a father that was there and present. And mom, you told me a story recently um, about we were given an assignment in school and asked to draw, you know, draw your family. And I, from what you're saying, I came home and I was like, well, everyone had four people or like, you know, everyone had a, a, a mom and a dad in theirs. And we don't really have a dad at our house, but she just said, just draw what you think of our family. And she said that I drew my mom, my brother and I kind of all together and then my dad off to the side. So that was kind of my, me realizing that he's, he's, he's my dad and you know, he is a part of our family, but he's never around and mm-hmm. he's not here. And so I think that was, you know, a big thing for me is I knew he was, I knew who he was and, you know, we saw him every now and then, but he wasn't a part of the family. But, you know, all I knew was just us three. And that's what I've known for my entire life. And the biggest thing for me, I think growing up, you know, I remember getting to the point where you learn about divorce or you learn, you kind of grasp the understanding of a, a parent leaving. And a lot of people assume, or they, they kind of, Pull, pull the term out, broken family. And we were always good about saying, well, our family's not broken because we have a father that's mm-hmm. here. Um, although our earthly father might not be present in our lives, me, me and my brothers and my moms, but we have a heavenly father who will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's why Joshua 1 9 was so big to us is we didn't have to be afraid. You know, we, we had this father that was with us wherever we go. And that was huge for us. And you instilled that in us at a very young age. And, you know, for me, growing up without a dad didn't affect me like it affected you, Mac. I think because of you had the memories I didn't. And the coolest thing, though, for me, I think a big reason when we talked about this, a big reason why I think that was was you you all filled that void because of your faithfulness to Jesus yep. and because you were always looking towards him. Um, and you have always had this one phrase that I love, and it's you, you've got two choices in life. You can be bitter or better. With every decision you make, you can be bitter or better. And every decision you also make, another quote, every decision you make will lead you closer to God or further away. And you chose in that time to be better. And I'm sure it was super hard. There's no way it wasn't. Um, but you chose to be better. And because of that, you know, we were able to also have that choice as well. Yeah, I think in the, the choosing not to be bitter, it became a a sometimes minute by minute, hour by hour, because Anger is still going to crop up, but I made a commitment. If I'm going to be better, then I cannot speak ill of their father. And I heard that. I Being in ministry, so many single parents came to me, especially moms, just wanting to talk. And they were stuck in the bitterness. And yet they would say terrible things about their former spouse in front of the children. And I kept saying, you can't do that. You know, we're not to defame somebody's name Mm -hmm. and uh, for my boys i wanted them to know you have a dad and he's not where he needs to be mentally Uh, that's why he won't be here 
but that doesn't mean God's not able to fill every void in your life, but we have to seek him. Hmm. And uh, so for me, again, it, the secret of knowing that I've just got to stick with the Lord, that he will take those broken pieces. I can choose to remain in my hurt, but the hurt would make me bitter and ugly. Hmm. I could choose to just focus on me and yet God gave me this huge responsibility. I prayed, Lord, I want to be married. I want to be a mama, you know, and I'm a mama. I got two boys. And if I can do everything, they're not ended up in jail. You know, it was that kind of thought. But I'm like, but I've got to make sure that they see, yes, it's fine to express your feelings, that you get it out. I remember one time we let Matt call his dad and tell him what he thought. And his dad was so angry with me, and I said I had to do it because otherwise it's going to stay in Mac and fester, right. and there would be a bitter root that takes place in Mac, you know. So, but but it's just being intentional, listening and watching in prayer. And there's no way I could have done it without God's presence. No way. Well, I'm. I mean, just hearing the story again, I've heard I've heard a lot of it, but it's just um, pretty awesome to. Now more and more to kind of have a front row seat into y'all's lives and, and to see where you all are in the way that that you've allowed the Lord to to continue to redeem the story. So I tell you what we're gonna do we're gonna um, we're gonna pick up on the next episode and um, and so for our listeners I just want to talk to you just a second. I don't know uh, once again maybe some of you all are in similar situations. You know uh, maybe you grew up in a similar situation. You know uh, some of your friends who are dealing with these things. And so um, uh, my prayer, as we continue to kind of unpack uh, unpack the Johnson stories, that you're, uh, this resonates with you, um, that you're encouraged, that you're challenged. And uh, as we do with kind of at the end of every episode, uh, my encouragement to you all is to begin to write down some things. Uh, what is God prompting in your heart? Uh, what's God saying to you? Maybe some reminders of his promises, maybe even some actionable steps, maybe some things that uh, either Mary or Mac or Murphy have said um, that really have have challenged you and some steps to take. And I have no idea what that might be that's between you and the Lord, but I ask you just to write those down. And uh, we're going to pick up the next in the next episode, uh, kind of right where we left off. And looking forward to the next episode as Johnsons continue to uh, to unpack their story. But thank you for your time, for spending time with us today. And uh, don't forget, wherever you are as a family, that's a great place to start. So until next time, thank you. <laughs>